0: Welcome to the weekly reboot. Your Friday debrief of things we've heard and seen coming from the Agile community here in Melbourne and beyond.
1: We're at the pub yeah. in the middle of um, last conference, um, the evening of the second of the first day, and I said, "Oh, who are the speakers tomorrow morning?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, Henry and John," and you know, just like as if like it was they like, were the, his you know, uncles, yeah, like Bill and Ted, and. Um, and I said, Oh, John Cutler. And he just looks at me as if, like, How did that leak? Like, ah, how did you get the information out? So and it was literally the first thing that came to mind. It just happened to be the first John that came to mind.
0: And that was a story about Ed Wong. And he will be our bonus episode this week. Oh. So I'm glad you brought Yeah. That. Ed, they're talking about Last Conf. All right, Tony. It's
1: Hi.
0: Week eight. Eight, wow. Yes, it's week eight of the weekly reboot, um, and our final weekly reboot will be next week, week seven.
1: We're going to go from week eight <laughs> down to week seven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and our final for the year will be week nine, which we'll publish next week. Cool. So we're on the, on the downward slope, slope, like a lot of people probably are at the moment at work as well.
1: This time of year.
0: Yeah, fitting in those Christmas holidays.
1: Fitting in those Christmas parties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fitting in those Christmas functions. I'm trying to come to work the next day with a clear head as well as squashing in every possible thing they can off their respective backlogs by the end of the year. This week, I've got a few things to talk about. So I. Great, I'll let you kick us off.
1: Well, well the first thing I found this week was um, another little tip to work with um, remote meetings, which is uh, using hand gestures in video meetings. So there's a guy called Hamon Holgram from infinite red i think it is interesting first name which means ham in spanish oh. anyway come anyway
0: i love your fun facts
1: <laughs> random facts so in um video meetings they've developed a system where people who are waiting to talk um, about something hold up one finger or hold up a finger in view of the video so that people can can see that someone's got something they want to say and if you go to you want to put your finger up and you see someone else has already got their finger up, then you hold up two fingers, and then three fingers for the next oh. person, et cetera. And then you sort of cue, it's a cueing system, so that people can see that there's other people wanting to talk. Um, and if you've got a small, a very short thing to say, like a few seconds, then you hold up your hand in a in a circle. So, you know, like your like an okay. thumb and first, like an okay symbol, yeah, your thumb and first finger together. And uh, they found that it, it helps helps the meeting flow helps people talk stop talking over each other or loudest person talking uh, those types of problems as well mm. and as soon as i read it i thought actually this would probably work really good in physical meetings as well
0: i was thinking that no reason
1: it's probably just the loudest shouting person wins
0: yeah there is something that you get in phys- when you're together and you get in body language that you probably see a bit of people sitting upright paying a bit more attention mm. that indicates sometimes i do say hey you look like you've got something to say
1: yeah and often people are sort of like wanting to talk yeah. and have a hand up or something. Yeah. Um, but the results they saw were easier to follow flow of conversation, happier, more engaged participants, tighter and faster meetings, um, more substantive discussion, and more positive reinforcement of each other. Excellent. So that's
0: good. All right. So most of mine come from Twitter this week, and I've picked ones where if you... Follow the links and have a look. You won't get bombarded with ads because I've been infuriated by watching pop-up ads on media websites this week to the point that I even created a stupid template for <laughs> how media websites look just because it's so infuriating. My first tweet is from a guy that I follow on Twitter called DHH. I, just, I didn't even know why it appeared in my Twitter feed, but it did. But essentially, it caught my attention on Wednesday morning and it was, when every chat app in the world has died off, email will still be here. Hmm. You know, that's a bit of a red rag to me because I'm not an email fan in general. And then he followed on with, email got so many things so right that we're still unpacking its brilliance four decades later. Long form and asynchronous, email is an ace medium for fully considered thoughts, not knee-jerk instant reactions. We lost sight of that due to chat. Mm -hmm. And then someone responded... Um, that said, and said, one is a commercial product and the other is a protocol. And I thought, oh yeah, that's true. And then there was a few other kind of considered tweets after that, which was like, funnily enough, if you need to sign up to any chat tool, you have to enter your email to become a user of it.
1: Well, it's an identifier yeah, as well, right?
0: because it's a protocol and not a you know, particular product. Anyway, so I followed this rabbit hole for a little while. And it turns out he is...
1: The creator of Ruby on Rails.
0: Absolutely, David. Heine Meyer Hansen. Can you read that better for me, please? In your slightly more <laughs> European savvy...
1: Heine Meyer Hansen.
0: There you go. So he's he partnered with Jason Fried as well in creating Rework. And his latest book is called It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work. It has a bunch of other books. And it seems um, that one is particularly pertinent since we published The Principle this week. In fact, that was on Wednesday as well. Principle number eight, which was Sustainable Pace. So, Yeah. Interesting little rabbit hole to jump off into, but especially because you don't see much in praise of email.
1: No. <laughs> um,
0: opinion out there.
1: No, and I quite often dis-email, but he's got some good points. Absolutely. The asynchronous nature of it's great. Yeah. It doesn't interrupt you. It allows you to do some work and then go and check your emails. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm um, not convinced entirely.
0: Okay, so we were just talking about email, but I was going to say... maybe I won't talk about slack
1: turn your notifications off on slack so that you can get some time to think and focus without being interrupted
0: good idea Tony Um, (laughs) and that makes me think that I was just going to mention that I'm going to be experimenting these holidays with a digital detox so I'm going to do two weeks off everything one week With the kids there, and then we've got a week without kids. Are you forcing
1: your kids to detox as well? No, no,
0: no. no. I mean, we do for certain hours of the day. It's not
1: corporal punishment.
0: No, no, no. (laughs) Well, we do actually do, do it in the middle of the day when we're on holidays, because if we didn't, we wouldn't see them. They would just stay in their rooms. Well, the boys especially are very keen on looking at screens. So it's really to make them and us leave the house and do stuff. But anyway, I'm looking forward to it and wondering kind of what expected outcomes it will produce. But my basic theory is I'll feel a lot more creative during that time without interruptions. But we'll see.
1: After you get used to uh, detoxing.
0: Yes. So it'll be interesting just to see what um, what life's like. Okay. Tweet of
1: the week.
0: Oh, tweet of the week, that popular segment that we yes. haven't had any negative feedback on.
1: <laughs> None at all, ever. Uh, so this is from... Um, Beate or Beate Borgs. Anyway, um, so it's a quote from Russell Akov. Most corporate planning is like a ritual rain dance. It has no effect on the weather, but those who engage in it think it does. Much of the advice and instruction is directed at improving the dancing, not the weather.
0: Mm. And have you been in any corporate planning sessions like that, Tony?
1: In recent memory, always.
0: (laughs) yes. So this one did make me also think about all the corporate planning sessions I've attended and been guilty of facilitating as well. Um, I talked to Ed yesterday, actually, about, about some of it being about togetherness and building trust and breaking bread as well, mm. and sort of coming together. Um, but I've, something I've noticed is that we've all been kind of rather hooked on alignment or the word alignment, which you know is great, we would agree, we love people being aligned. But if I was to make a prediction of the future, I would say that the more advanced teams will start to reverse that, let's get aligned to the strategy subject line and change it to what a teams seeing that we now need to incorporate into our next quarterly plan. Well, it's
1: aligning the strategy to what they're seeing from the customers.
0: Yes, rather than pushing something down from that's been created um, by different people in different rooms. And so I think that that that, We'll start to see that that won't happen in some other meeting or in other sessions with product people beforehand, but will actually be the team's work that they're reflecting back on to leaders and all agreeing on direction rather than asking for guidance from leaders. So that's my little prediction or vision for the future that I hope comes true. And maybe we can help make that happen as well. Indeed. Okay, this is a retweet of a tweet. I'm someone I follow who I will credit in the notes but this is a guy called D Hock and he has a book called the birth of the chaotic age and the quote is simple clear purpose and principles give rise to complex intelligent behavior and complex rules and regulations give rise to simple stupid behavior
1: yes so it's governing constraints over enabling constraints um, yeah simple rules simple rules local rules
0: Um, So I went down a rabbit hole checking out this guy who I didn't know beforehand. He has a number of great articles and blogs to read about that are all presented nice and cleanly without ads on pages that you can, which are just a pleasure to your eyeballs. But also he has a page of reflections. Um, They're nice little snippets of wisdom worth checking out and he sort of chunks them into months. And I thought that was good and also related because it's getting near to the end of the year and people will naturally be doing some reflection, I'd say. So I'll post that into the show notes, but it's de deewhoc
1: On the subject of uh, reflections and that annual kind of reflection cadence that tends to happen um, near the end of the calendar year, it made me think of the word retro or retrospective, uh, which kind of only covers half of of what a retrospective is about. Um, So the purpose of it is actually a continuous improvement meeting. Retrospective is just the looking back at what happened. So um, it's interesting words uh, that have used and they, they become very common to people who've do it, done them for a long time. And, and the concept of doing a continuous improvement meeting is synonymous with a retro. But for, for new pe- people new to Agile, um, it's, it's uh, not, it's a new language they have to learn.
0: Absolutely. And we were all talking buzzwords. Do you know um, where retrospectives came from? The person who came up with the word? And... Oh. So there's a guy no. called Norm Kurth. He was a software consultant and author. Um, and the book was Project Retrospectives, a Handbook for Team Reviews. So, mm. interestingly, it wasn't necessarily, I mean, they attached it to Agile Ways of Working and doing it one every mm. sprint. But when it first came out, it wasn't about doing it regularly. It was about how to do a big kind of PIR, which we always say retros are different from PIRs. But there's a really good story behind the story of where it came from but he actually I think had a brain injury or was in some sort of terrible accident but um, his book still stands and is a really kind of a great read Um, but that's a little interesting story if you wanted to go off in a rabbit hole and check that out so it's Norman L. Kurth and the website is still there which is called retrospectivewiki.org I think and it's a very old looking website.
1: This is something you won't be able to do when you're on your digital detox. I know, Just go what down white I do? Rabbit, rabbit I'll probably holes.
0: do something crazy, like, I don't know, build something. Read a book. I'm going to read lots of books. I'm glad you brought that up, Tony, because I have a book recommendation as well. My I found my recommendations this week were really overrun by white, older guys. So I thought, how can I even this up? So I found a white lady, actually someone you'll know of very well, Lynn Kazaley It's a very mm-hmm. prolific author. Who is Australian and a little bit famous here for being a very prominent visual capture person and facilitator of events? She's spoken at Agile Oz and all the other conferences. I went to a session of hers at Oz Post, actually, which was one of those
1: alignment sessions
0: corporate alignment sessions indeed but she did a visual capture of that live during the session which was absolutely amazing and also i've sat in a few workshops of lynn's so she but i'm recommending her because she gives really good tweets so if you wanted to follow someone that curates a lot of good articles which are loosely related to being better at work then she's really great for that and she has an upcoming book called ish and the book called ish which you can sign up for which isn't finished yet is called the problem with our pursuit for perfection so ish and the life-changing mm. practice of good enough which i thought was good anyway i think that's a bit of a play on her pre most recently published book which is called agile ish and agile ish is one that i'm going to be adding to my reading list for my digital detox
1: mm. ish it's very australian i know it's like yeah it's good enough
0: yeah kind of thought I... yeah nah
1: nah <laughs> she'd be right
0: All right. I've got a little bit of news and gossip for you. Oh, shoot. So Penelope Barr has been invited to speak at Agile India. Cool. Yeah. And her talk is going to be called From Dogma to Pragma. How is that for (laughs) the book title (laughs) waiting to happen? Um, And it's about enabling Agile across 5,000 people, 500 squads and seven regions, which, of course will be the story of her work at ANZ or her and her team's work at ANZ. And she's the lead for the center of expertise on new ways of delivering. So that's a talk that I'm hoping she'll bring back to Australia and tour around here as well.
1: 500 squads.
0: Yeah. It's pretty impressive. That's a lot. Well, 5,000 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And seven different locations, mm. which is as regions. And that is like literally countries, yeah.
1: Awesome. Can't oh. wait more
0: no but i did want to just mention again that we're doing the 12 days of agile principles and we're almost at the end of that by the end of this week we will be so there's just a few more you can still sign up to get the emails which come complete with hints and tips every day if you just send us an email to reboot me at rebootco.com.au and next week we're going to be in deep reflection mode tony
1: yes thinking back
0: Yeah, so I'm already trawling the memory banks and the Trello boards to find out, you know, what significant things have happened during the year, which is even doing that is kind of interesting in itself. But something that we came up with from our friend and colleague Indra, who posted a few kind of good listicle articles recently, and also an article on why we like listicles, so why we like the top 10 reasons why you can't train your dog to sit and stuff like that, is that we would do a compilation of lists.
1: A list of lists.
0: A listicle of listicles. Had some fun calling it the backlog of backlogs. Um, so in the spirit of Christmas, it's going to be called the Yule Logsticle.
1: How very eulogical. Illogic-
0: and <laughs> you'll love listening to our <laughs> logsticle of everything list- list-like in 2018.
1: Sounds listless.
0: Uh. Any more puns you can make? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm going to go to this guy and get one of his beautiful reflections to end. Okay, here's one. Making proper effective decisions when you have all the facts is not management, it is bookkeeping. Making such decisions when you have some of the facts and clear instruction from superiors is management. Leading is making such decisions when you have nothing but vision. A little bit of info to end the week. Nice, cool, great. I managed to actually record that. Maybe <laughs> I would have learnt my lesson by now. Maybe the uh, kids can say hello.
1: Hi Otis. Apart from um, learning about batch size reduction, what was your favourite thing that happened this year?
0: Um, when we played P and we. Knew- and we learnt new games.
1: P E and learning new games. Awesome. Thank you.
0: And this.
1: Hi Archie. I
0: have no idea what you're talking about.
1: I'm asking a question. What was your what was the your favorite thing that you learnt this year?
0: Um my times
1: table. Your times tables? Good.
0: Thanks boys. To subscribe to the weekly reboot, hit subscribe on your podcast platform or we'll get it delivered to your inbox weekly by dropping us a line at rebootme at rebootco.com.au and we'll report to hearing from you there. And from all of us, we hope you have yourself a wonderful weekend.